But uh, today's topic, as um, Luke's very well uh, introduced, is uh, peace. And uh, I pray that this year may be a year of peace for us all. Um, And talking about prayer, let's just open in prayer. Hey, Lord, we do thank you. Thank you so much that we can take communion. Thank you that we can be together. Uh, Thank you because it's all about you. And it's all because of you that we can have peace. So, God, we want to just be still for a moment and invite you to speak to each one of us this morning in a very personal, very practical way and give us the faith to respond to you today. Amen. And I I do. I want to give you an opportunity uh, today to respond to what God speaks to you in your heart uh, as we unpack today's passage that Shelley read to us. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, we're looking at peace. Uh, Matt unpacked love. Last week, Tim unpacked joy. And this week is peace. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. Um, <clears throat> and I want to uh, share with you today five questions that rummaged around in my head as I read through this passage again and again and again, meditated on this passage and peace this week. And the first question I have, and I want you to talk to the person next to you for 30 seconds, and I want you to come back. I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, This question here, very well presented, thanks to Bethany, who did my slides for me this week. Um, But where, where where do people try and find peace? As you look about the world around you, How would you answer that question? Where do people try and find peace? 30 seconds. Go. Talk to each other. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Okay, where, where do people try and find peace? In worldly things. In worldly things, yeah. Things that are not in the will of God. That's true, yeah. Who would agree? Yes. Yeah. What are some of those worldly things? Or, or what was your response as you thought about that question? Yell it out. Music. Music. Wealth. Wealth. Relaxation. Relaxation. Nature. Security. Security. Family. Relationships. Games. Games. Yeah. Isolation. Isolation. Pretend that nothing happened. Pretend nothing happened. Yeah. Nighttime. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's right. If you've got a lot of kids. All great answers. I'd probably add to that good works. People try and find peace by doing good works. Uh, and we could, we could keep going on and on and on, but I wonder if you've ever um, thought about the symptoms that someone has if they don't have peace, whether that's peace with God or peace within themselves or peace with others. But 
As you think about your own life and the people in your life, what are some of the symptoms? That's what I was thinking through this weekend. Some of these symptoms may be because of other things too, but um, if, if we don't have peace, we can often be characterised being cranky or grumpy. If we don't have peace, we can have a lifestyle that's always on the go. You never stop long enough because there's a restlessness there. Um, if we don't have peace, we can be consumed by our career. Not, not just diligent workers, but our career can consume us in climbing the ladder. Um, we can be absolutely fixated on financial security. I'm not just talking about being good stewards, but we're fixated. We've got to have financial security, wealth. If we don't have peace, we can often reflect our own insecurities onto others. And that can present itself in trying to control our family or we're suspicious of our spouse, or we just have a general untrust of people, or we can be the captain um, conspiracy. You know, everything's a conspiracy. If we don't have peace, we can be confused about who we are and our identity and why we exist, our purpose. Uh, if we don't have peace, we can often fight for our own interests, because who else is? And that causes division. And we can often be jealous of others and their success. And we're never content. We can secretly desire the lifestyle of the things that other people have, thinking that that'll bring us peace. We can jump from one relationship to another. And sometimes we're happy to jump in and out of bed with whoever's convenient. We can try and escape from the world, from ourselves, from reality. We can bunker down in our safe place. We can try and escape by moving towns. I met a whole heap of people in Broken Hill who were escaping their previous life, trying to find peace. We can have unhealthy obsessions with, well, you name it. We can use substances Drinking, smoking, drugs, coffee to relieve the stress. We can have a natural tendency to overindulge when we don't have peace, whether that's with food or shopping or gizmos and gadgets. If you don't have peace, some people live life on the edge, taking extreme risks, the adrenaline junkies, the daredevils, or maybe you're the opposite. We can sometimes be so worried about things and live in such fear that we're constantly imagining the worst of scenarios. And sometimes that can lead to self-harm and worse. And, and we could go on and on and on all morning. But these are just symptoms of a broken soul searching for peace. And so every soul seeks peace. We all seek peace. So what do we do? Our natural tendency is to satisfy the desires of our flesh. And why do we do that? Because we believe the lie that satisfying the desires of our flesh are going to bring us peace. Let, let me just say that again. We all seek peace. So our natural tendency is to satisfy the desires of our flesh, our wants, 
because we believe the lie that doing that will give us peace. And uh, this is reflected in the passage that Shelley just read to us. Our passage talks about these desires or the works of the flesh. Verse 19, we read, Now the works of the flesh are evident. See if any of these ring familiar with our symptoms list. Works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Every soul seeks peace. And our natural tendency is to satisfy the desires of the flesh because we believe the lie that these things, these desires are going to give us peace. But they never will. The desires of our flesh will never bring us peace. In fact, the pas- this passage tells us that those very things that we seek to satisfy, the desires of the flesh, work in opposition to us actually finding peace. Look at uh, verse 22 for a moment before we go there. Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. What, what do you observe by that one passage? The question I have is, who is the source of peace? If satisfying the natural desires doesn't bring us peace, well, who is the source of peace? What does the Bible tell us? The Spirit, right? But the fruit of the Spirit is peace. So if the Spirit is the source of peace, what does that mean? The Spirit is the source of peace, that peace that every soul is searching for. You'll never find satisfaction a peace satisfying the desires of the flesh. They work in opposition. Verse 17 tells us that. For the desires of the flesh, it says, are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to one another. So the more that we pursue the desires of the flesh, the things of this world, the more restlessness we're going to experience, the more lack of peace that we're going to experience. Because these things are in opposition to the Holy Spirit, which is the source of peace. Do you see that? You will never find peace gratifying the natural desires. And the source of peace is the Holy Spirit. So don't believe the lies that you hear every day. The lies you tell yourself and the lies the world will tell you. The lies, I, I deserve it. I, it's only one time. If only I can, you fill in the gap. I'll have peace. Don't, don't believe those lies. And, and don't believe the lies that the world will tell you to empty yourself and find yourself. You can't empty yourself and find peace. You can't meditate your way to inner tranquility. 
on your own. You don't have it in you. You don't have in you what you need to experience peace. Now let me illustrate it this way. What's this? An apple. It's a little apple. What's this? A little lemon. Now let me ask you this. Does this apple have in it what it needs to become a lemon? No. Does this lemon have in it what it needs to become an apple? No. no. Well, it's the same for us. We might be lemons, we might be apples or oranges, but we don't have within us what we need to experience peace. Unless, unless, listen, unless the Holy Spirit is within you. That's the only time that you'll experience peace. So then that leads me to another question. How do I receive the Holy Spirit? How can I have peace? Some would think that becoming super religious and super spiritual, you're going to find peace and you're going to receive the Spirit. Or by obeying all of God's laws, you'll receive the Spirit and find peace. But the Apostle Paul, who wrote this passage of Galatians, has been teaching the Galatians a little bit what he's been teaching the Romans in the passage Luke read this morning. He's saying that it's not by observing the law, it's not by doing good works, it's not by becoming super religious and super spiritual that you receive the Spirit. No. He said it's only through faith in Jesus. And, and turn back a couple of pages to chapter 3. And I'd encourage you to go home and read the book of Galatians. But in chapter 3, verse 1, he says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And we, we could say, O foolish Australians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law? or by hearing with faith. Here Paul's saying to the Galatians that you heard the truth about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who was sent from God into this world. You heard that he went to the cross and was crucified. You heard the good news that he did that so that he would pay the price for your sins. The death penalty that you deserve, he took upon himself. You heard this good news that it's only through faith in him that you can have peace with God. And it's by faith that you've believed that to be true. It's by faith that you've received Jesus as your saviour. And so he's saying it's only by hearing through faith that you receive the Holy Spirit. So when, when you heard Galatians by faith, trusting Jesus for your salvation, when you heard by faith, you received the Holy Spirit. He's saying to them. And he says over the page in chapter 4, verse 6, he said, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. When you heard with faith, you received the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit come to live within you. In other parts of the Bible, it talks about that God has given us a spirit, his spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. 
So for us here today, if you've placed your trust in your life in Jesus Christ, if you've come to him and asked, Lord, forgive me, I'm a wretched sinner. I need your forgiveness. I want to have peace with God. You can know with 100% certainty that he has given you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit lives within you. So what does that mean? That seed of peace is within you. And so keep that in your mind. When your Christian life began, you received the Holy Spirit. You didn't have to work for the Spirit. It was a gift from God when by faith you received Jesus Christ. The only way anybody can have peace is by believing in Jesus, choosing to put your trust in him as saviour because it's the only way you can have the seed of peace within you. It's only then that you receive the Holy Spirit and the source of peace. And that's why every Christian across the globe, throughout every generation, can know with certainty that they have peace with God and it makes a difference in their life. Amen? And that's why every single Christian, every single day of their life, live with complete peace, right? I don't hear an amen on that one. So why? Why don't Christians experience peace every single day of their life? And that's the next question I had to ask myself. Because not always do Christians live with peace. Why? If I have the spirit, why don't I have peace? You may have accepted Jesus as your saviour, but have you surrendered every aspect of your life to Jesus as Lord and Master? This was a lesson I had to learn. And it's a lesson I've had to keep learning and keep learning. This lesson of surrender. What do I mean? Well, four times in our passage in in Galatians 5, four times we see the word spirit mentioned. In verse 16, we read, But I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Verse 18, But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 25, If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. To walk with the Spirit, you need to be willing to go where the Spirit wants to go. To be led by the Spirit, you need to be willing to surrender your life to the leadership of the Spirit, no matter what the cost. There's a guy who once was led completely by the Spirit for his whole entire life, And it led him to a cross. And he says, those who follow me will take up their cross daily and follow me. In our house, we have many rooms. And uh, we love having people over. You're welcome anytime for a chat or a coffee or a meal. Uh, 
But if we know, you know, call in any time, but if we know someone's coming, if we're expecting visitors, we, we do what you probably do. Okay, let's do a quick tidy up. You know, you, you clean things up a little bit. And, and if you're in a real rush, you often just go... <laughs> right? And if we're all honest, there's probably a space in your house which you just go... Keep that door shut, right? Because it's where your junk is. Or you might not have a, a room. You may have a garage which you want to keep the door shut. Or a closet you want to keep the door shut. Or a drawer, junk drawer. Who's got a drunk drawer, let's be honest? That you want to keep the door shut. You don't want anyone to see in that space because it's embarrassing. You know, there's this sense of shame. We don't want... You know, sometimes as Christians... We've invited Jesus into our life, into our home, into the foyer. And we, and we say, good morning, Jesus, and rush out for the day. And when we get home, we go, g'day, Jesus, it's been a great day, thank you. We belong to him, we're saved. But if we're honest, there's rooms in our life that we want to keep the door shut to Jesus. What's that room in your life? It could be any number of these. You have ambitions which you know you're chasing after and you go, yeah, but I, I just want this. You know, I the Holy Spirit's saying, walk this way. No, no, I want this. Your job, your career, have you surrendered that to Jesus? What about your marriage, those frustrating moments, those arguments? Do you want to win the fight or do you surrender to the Holy Spirit's lead and say, look, forgive? What about your family and friends? Are there people you're hanging around that are having a negative influence on you? Or are you being the influence on them? What about sexuality? That's being attacked time and time again in our culture today. Have you surrendered your sexuality under the lordship of Christ and being obedient to his word? What about your leisure time? Those wasted moments. I love this young fellow who said gaming. But it could be any number of things. It could be immense amounts of time reading or fishing or whatever. You fill in the gap. What about your money? Are you being a good steward? Not just being a good steward, but do, do you have this mindset that your money you, has been given to you by God and, and it's under management. He's placed it under your management to use for his purpose and will. Well, maybe there's another room. Maybe there's another room in your life. You, you fill in the question mark. You can't have peace if you've got a door shut to Jesus Christ. If you have one door shut in your life, you will not have peace. Maybe that's the very door that the Holy Spirit wants to bang down today, that you need to stand Make a stand today and surrender to him. Verse 24 of this passage says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus has, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The reason you don't have peace may be, just may be, because you need to crucify your flesh with its desires and passions. 
The reason you don't have flesh uh, uh, peace may be because you need to repent and to surrender an area of your life to Jesus, believing by faith that he loves you, he cares for you, wants what's best for you. What are you holding back from God? What are you hanging on to that he said let go of? What has he clearly shown you to do that you're refusing to do? Do you believe that he loves you? Does he believe, do you believe that he has what's best for you? Do you believe that God has authority over all things? Good on you, Colin. Do you believe that Jesus went to the cross to die for your sin and he's preparing a place for you that's going to last for eternity? Well, if you believe that, why do you keep hanging on? Why don't you let go? Why don't you trust him? Today's the day to do that. Today's the day to start walking in step with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. So, what do I do? What do I need to do to experience peace? Well, it's quite simple. You need to receive Jesus as your Saviour to make peace with God. And you need to surrender to him every single aspect of your life, no matter how hard it is, to be walking with his spirit. And I want to give you that opportunity now. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and to give you his peace with God, this moment's for you. And if you've been a Christian for six days, for six months, or six decades, and God is stringing at your heart this morning, and you've come to realise there's an area of your life that is not surrendered to him, this moment's for you. And I'm going to ask you to boldly take a step of faith and come forward. You're not coming to me, you're coming forward to God. Back in 2010, I heard a preacher preach and he was talking about the Lordship of Christ. I'd been a Christian for many years. And there was a moment that he invited people to come forward to surrender their whole life to Jesus. That day I went forward and I've had to keep going forward time and time again. Not for salvation, but to surrender again. And that moment back in 2010 is embedded in my mind. And whenever I lack peace, God takes me back to that moment. And that's why I'm asking you to take a step forward today. This is for your benefit. So that in the future when you lack peace, you can come back to this moment and and remember how God has spoken to you today and saying, surrender to me. So I want to give you that moment now. I want you to invite you to stand up Come forward to receive Jesus as your saviour, to receive that seed of peace or to stand up and come forward and say, Lord, I surrender to you. When you come forward, I'm not going to do anything weird, but I do want to pray for you. I do want to pray for you and I want to invite others to pray for you. So I'm not going to wait long. You know if God is touching your heart. 
Now is the opportunity to respond in obedience and faith to him. Come forward. Don't wait. If you know God's tugging at your heart, respond in obedience to him. I'm just going to wait another 10 seconds. Now's your opportunity to respond to God. Well, I'd love to pray for you guys. And maybe there's a few others who would love to pray for these guys as well. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you've given your life for us. Forgive us, Lord, for seeking the desires of our flesh. Forgive us, Lord, for holding things back from you. And today, right now, I surrender to you my life, all of my life, every day of my life, every circumstance, every situation, I want to walk in step with your spirit. I want to experience your peace that only you can give. Lord, I pray for those who have come forward to make a stance today. Lord, I pray that you would bless their step of faith. I ask, Lord, that you would... I know, Lord, that you hear their cry, their hearts cry, to respond in obedience to you. Would you touch their hearts in a way that only you can? Would you transform them more into your likeness? Would you give them your peace that only you can give? Would you do a work in and through their lives that would bring great glory to you? Hear their cry today, I pray. Maybe there's a couple of others who would love to pray for these people standing today.
This day we have not ceased, we will not cease to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in lives. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Know that God has heard your heart's cry today. Thanks, Aaron.